Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Yeah, so um, this year I want to do something different. As we started off this service, um, I want to do something that's a little bit, a little bit churchy. And I think that's okay. You know, typically I'm, I'm not a very churchy guy. You know, I'm up here in my flip-flops and Columbia shirt or whatever, and I say things I probably shouldn't say, and my mom talks to me about it afterwards because it's unbecoming of, you know, someone who's an adult. Um, but, uh, but today I want to do something that maybe is a little respectful, a little, a little different, a little churchy. And uh, I, I've had this, uh, this scripture kind of sit on my heart uh, this week. And I think it's, it needs to be our prayer, our theme for this next. It's what my hope is going into this, this next year of, of purpose that God is calling us to. And so if you guys are okay with it, I'd love for us to stand up all across this room uh, as this first uh, Sunday of the year we read this first scripture out of the Bible, out of the book of Colossians. This is Apostle Paul writing to a church. He says this, and I think, he's, I think we can be taken for us as well as ourselves. It's Colossians 3, uh, verse 12 through 15. It says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, with kindness, with humility, gentleness, and patience. That patience one, that's, a, that's not an easy thing to do all the time. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. I'm thankful for where we've come. I'm excited for what's to come. Baby, will you pray for us as we start off this new year? Yeah. Father God, Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. God, your forgiveness over us in our lives. God, I just pray for each and every person in this room this morning, all of our friends that are watching online. God, those that listen to it later in the week, Lord, we just pray, Jesus, that we would be filled with your love. We would be filled with your compassion. We'd be filled with your mercy and your grace, and we would forgive others, Lord. God, we just... Thank you so much for this opportunity to start fresh and start new. And God, may we just be filled with your love today and every day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 As you guys grab a seat, look at your neighbor and say, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, it was a crazy, crazy New Year's Eve um, in New Smyrna Beach. Man, there was more people in town. Than uh, I've seen in a long time. I know a lot of and, any snowbirds back in the house. Two, yeah, a couple people snow. Yeah, do welcome. Thank you guys so much for coming. Man, I'm 
I'm continually surprised, not, not surprised, but just like uh, happy about the fact that we have a church community that is beyond just what happens here, uh, even through the, the summer months and uh, in the, in the spring months, man. We've got uh, church folks that are watching it online even right now that up in Canada and Michigan and different parts of the world. Uh, I'm excited for uh, what God continues uh, to do. But this year... Uh, specifically this weekend, uh, you know, I want to do something a, diff- a little bit different. Normally, you know, I start the year off with some type of uh, sermon series that we knew- do through the next couple of weeks, and we've got some exciting things that are happening for the first couple of weeks of the new year, uh, and so I, I wanted to kind of hold off on that, and so uh, I was praying about and asking God, God, what do you want me to say? What do you want us, what do you want us to talk about? What do you want to communicate to your people uh, about this new season, this new year that we're coming into? And so today, this is just a, a one-off, a one-off sermon. There's no series or anything like that. And so, if you uh, if you don't like it, just come back next week, and it'll be we'll be back to normal. Um, but this week, I want to preach a message that I'm titled "Fresh and Free." Fresh and free. I don't know about you guys. I like things that are fresh. I really like things that are free. Right? Right? Come on now. Um, I got a, a good friend of mine. He uh, owns this uh, pokey place on the beach side called the Kind Pokey. You guys ever been there before? It's pretty great. You should go there. I'm gonna tell you right now. Um, if you like, if you like pokey, pokey. If you don't know what pokey is, you might be a little southern, a little redneck. It's all right. Pokey's raw fish on rice with some sauce. It might not be your thing, and that's all right. But I love it. It's delicious. I really love pokey when it's fresh, because this is not this is not a meal that you want to have when it is not fresh. Right, you don't want to have not fresh raw tuna. That's going to be a bad. It's going to be a bad day. Right, it's not going to be fun at all. You don't want to have not fresh rice. I love it even better when it's free, though. Right? Come on now. Anybody like a little free food? I like free stuff. I was thinking about this past uh, this past week as uh, as the kids were. Uh, unwrapping their presents, and as we had family over, and as as meals were being prepared, and everything had to be cleaned, and as everyone leaves, and there's just this gigantic mess across. Anybody connect with that? Like you felt that way? Yeah. See, I didn't. Re- I remember my dad back in the day. He like he had a garbage bag and like put stuff away. As I hadn't figured that out yet. So our house literally looked like a disaster at the end of Christmas, and looking over the sea of wrapping paper and wrappers and everything else, I literally thought to myself, I'm like, man, it would be nice if we could just move. We'll just, let's find another, let's get a fresh house somewhere else. We'll just leave this for somebody else. It'd be really nice if it was, if it was free too, right? It'd be, I'd like a free, fresh house. Some of you moms, you like, you look at that after you like uh, go to clean your, your minivan or whatever. Right, you see, like the gummies that have been in the in the crevice of the seat for like three months, and now somehow the gummy bears have a very real fur over top of them, and you're like, "That's I, I want. I wish I could just have a fresh car, brand new one." We like fresh. We like free. And I can't. I, I think when it comes to our relationship, when it comes to our own lives, I think we have an opportunity in this year to experience freshness and, and freedom in our own life. And I'm reminded of how fragile that life really is. You know, I um, had the experience of going to a, a wake of a good friend of mine this, this past week, just at the 
back in the end of the year who left this earth way too soon. And as I looked at him and as I thought about our, our time together, I realized, man, this is, we, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. We have today. And, and when I read in the Bible, it says that this, this life is but a vapor. It, it, is, it is exactly that. It happens so incredibly quickly. As I finished one day, speaking words of remembrance and, and times where I was encouraged, I went into the next day, I think it was a couple days later, I sat with Miss Julie Hallam and talked to her about the decision that she was making and experiencing new life. I thought to myself how, how unique it is, this connection of celebrating the end of life of, of a friend and then taking the next step and celebrating the beginning of new life with another friend. I, 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 as I'm thinking through it, as I'm dunking her under the water, I'm remembering the words that I'm, I'm saying and I said, it's my pleasure to be able to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I put her under the water, and she came back up, and she said, whew, I feel something there. And it could have been because the water was like 65 degrees. But I believe she, she felt something. It was a refreshing. It was, a, it was fresh. It was freedom. And in this, this fragile life that we live, in this short time that we have, that's something I want us all to experience, is that freshness and that, that freedom that comes from continued following and pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk about something that probably doesn't get talked about a whole lot, doesn't even get, get said a whole lot in church, and, and, and specifically I want to talk about sin. Now sin is one of those things that like, uh, in the culture that we have today, like, we shy away from, like, communicating about it. Like, we don't want to talk. Like, even, like, when, when friends talk to one another about, you know, they might be good friends. They might be friends that, that love one another and have mature relationships with Jesus together. And they might encourage one another. When it comes to, like, the sin in their own life, they're still like, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with something in my life. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm going through a, a difficult time. Right? We use these, these code words. And, and the reason we use code words is because obviously there's there's a there's also a sense of of our own understanding of of pride of ourselves. And it's hard to admit like when something has done wrong, when something has gone wrong, when we've done something wrong. But we also have this commitment where we're or this thing where we, we struggle with with how other people view us. And as much as, as we want to connect with someone on in, in our weakness. When it comes to sin in our life, it's hard for, for us to actually communicate, hey, this is really what is happening. But I think in this, in this year that we're going into, one of the things I think that will help us experience this freshness and this freedom is to address and have a conversation about what might be sin in our lives. I don't do this to make you feel uncomfortable. I do this out of, like, out of family and out of love. Because there's, there's this thing that should happen in family. 
Whereas you come together, there's an honesty and sincerity and love and affection and communication of truth that can happen with grace that goes all around. And so my hope is not to call you out on anything that you're struggling with. Uh, I used to sit in church and think that, like, as the pastor talked about sin, like, he knows, oh, my gosh, he's looking at me. He knew what I did this past week. God's never given me that. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to call you out. Maybe one day. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But my hope is that as we hear what the word says, as as we hear what God has to say about sin, that maybe as we take the steps he suggests, we can experience freshness and freedom in our own hearts. And we can walk out here today and in tomorrow with that same breath of fresh air and experience new life. And so the first thing I want to talk about is, um, you know, what, what, what actually is sin? Like we use these words of struggle and, and difficult times. And, and the, the word sin in the Bible actually comes uh, from a, a Greek word. Uh, and that word is hamartano. Hamartano. And hamartano, if you were to translate, it translates, it has two different meanings. The first one is this, is to be mistaken. And the second one is to miss the mark. And specifically, it's talking about archery. And in archery, if, 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 you, if you use that word hamartano, it, it means that you just, you missed. Like you shot your shot, you tried to hit the target, and it did not happen. You missed the mark. I think when it comes to our own understanding of sin, a lot of times when we think about the sin in our own life, we don't think of it as we just missed the mark. We think of it as we failed irreparably. We, went to, we got to the point where we, there's no way back. There's no, there's no fixing it. It's detrimental to us. And then there's also, I feel like, this lie that we communicate to ourselves or, or maybe the enemy communicates it to us, somehow gives us this insecurity that we are alone in this with whatever we're struggling with, with whatever sin is in our life, that we're alone with it, we are unique to it. But in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says this. It says, for everyone, that means all of us, and all of history, every single person in this room, including myself and my wife, even though she thinks she's perfect. I think you're pretty perfect. You're you're close. I'm not going to give you any suggestions on how to get better. I don't think I have any at all. I'm learning something, trying to, man. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. I think this is something that's that's in our nature. I see it even in my five-year-old son, Ben. I've never taught that kid how to sin. But the other day when he's running around the corner with something behind his back, and I say, son, what do you got? He looks at me and says, nothing. I say, you ain't, you're too skinny to hide anything behind, son. He's sitting there in his little whitey-tidy, you know, Paw Patrol underwear. He's got a king-size Reese's whatever behind his back poking out both sides. I never taught him how to lie. That's something that that just comes natural. What do we do about it? I think in that verse, you know, a lot of people use that verse to communicate that we're all in the same boat, and we are. 
But there's some context in that verse. I think it's smart to, to look beforehand and look after and see what this guy writes about it. It paints, it paints a whole picture for all of us. So in verse 21 it says, But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as he promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our what? Faith in Jesus Christ. Not, not, by, not by doing life right. Not by hitting the mark every time on the bullseye. It says we're made right by God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. No matter who you are. For everyone to sin, we all fall short of the glory of, of, of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrifice his life, shedding his blood. It's, it's, that's pretty, pretty black and white right there. You know how you get through life? You know how you, know how you, you live, live uh, perfectly? You can't. None of us can. There's one man that did. And that man paid the price so that you don't have to. It says people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead, including them, in what he was going to do in the present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted into God or accepted by God? You know, I, um, I don't know how many people I've talked to about when it comes to this connection with our Heavenly Father, when it comes to, to where we go at the end of our life or where anyone, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, well, I'm a good person or, or, or I do good things. I'm, I'm a kind person. I, I give generously with what I have. And, and I don't think those, I, I think those things are good. They're good to do. But there's nothing that you and I can do to make ourselves right when it comes to the sin in our life. There's not this thing that we can like overcome it that, you know, where, where two rights, you know, uh, change one wrong. That's not, how, that's not how it works. Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He says, the old law about an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. The time is always right to do the right thing. I don't know how many times we've had hurt done to us. We've been, we've been sinned against our own self. Someone has done something against us. And we think, man, the right thing to do is to pay it back or to hold it against them. It doesn't work out for anyone. Continuing that verse, it says, no, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It's based on faith. 
So we're made right with God through faith, not by obeying the law. Faith in Jesus, understanding what he did, is our key to be experiencing fresh and freedom and a new life. There's got to be something that we got to do, though, right? I mean, there's, like, we have, we have faith, like, okay, well, Brian, I've got faith. Does that mean everything's, everything's good? I think there's another step we can take. First John, verse one, or First John chapter 1, verse 9 says this. says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. That, this is the part that's hard. Confessing. Because we live in a world where a lot of people nowadays, they will not accept that they have done anything wrong. It is a, is a, is a badge worn poorly if you have done something wrong in your life. When it comes to, to even how you do a relationship with your spouse or your significant other. When it comes to, to how you do a, a job. And I think this, thing, this gets us into trouble more than anything. Because we think that there's this expectation we're supposed to be perfect. But, but we can't be. The key is to owning up to it, understanding what has happened. And I believe specifically in this part, to, to confess. To go to him and say, Jesus, you know what I've done in this area. You know how I've mistreated this person. You know how I've, how I've stolen. You know how I've, I've cheated on, on my spouse. How I've done these things I'm not supposed to have done. The world says, the enemy says, hey, just sweep it under the rug. Let's not, let's not talk about it. Let's, it's just, it's not a thing. If no one else knows, nobody knows. Except for he knows. And as you continue to live in that, you can continue to get brought down more and more. You don't have to live that way. Today you have the opportunity to experience freedom, to experience freshness, to experience something that is greater than what you can do on your own. I know this because as we continue to look through the Bible, we see Jesus use sinners after sinner after sinner after sinner to continue to communicate his message, to continue to change the world that was around we look at Peter. Peter was a fisherman. Peter was also an attempted murderer. We literally see that and in Jesus' last days, it says that Peter took out a sword, and it says they cut the ear off of, uh, uh, off of one of the guards as they were trying to arrest Jesus. The only issue with that is, like, Peter was not a swordsman. He was a fisherman. He wasn't trying to cut someone's ear off. He was trying to kill the guy. Literally, he tried to, to take a life. But Jesus continues to use him. It's not this thing that he says, well, because he failed, because he messed up. He used him in a great way to continue to reach people. We see Matthew was one of Christ's followers, and Matthew was a traitor. Matthew was this guy that was literally stealing from his own people. I've never been... I've never had really anything stolen in my life. Like one or two things that were like little. 
It's not, it's, they weren't, it wasn't a fun feeling. But if it had happened by somebody that was like close to me, I mean, you can, you've, you've never stolen anything but my heart, baby. It makes up for a lot, doesn't it? It's terrible. I'm pushing it. Sorry, you're right. Good job. Um, but if it's someone that's close to you, it hurts even worse. Matthew was stealing from his own people. He was literally a thief. He was a traitor. We would see God, that Jesus would use him to write the first book in the New Testament. One of the books in the Bible that's read probably more than, than many others. We'd see Paul, who was named Saul, who literally persecuted the church, tried to kill Christians, followers of Jesus. And Jesus used him to write most of the New Testament. I say all these names to tell you this. None of these guys were perfect. They all made mistakes. They all missed the mark, much like you and I have. And God used them in a huge way. I want to tell you that going into this next season, no matter what sin is in your life, no matter how you're missing the mark, you have an opportunity to have Jesus come in and because of your faith in him, experience freshness and freedom and live out a purpose that is greater than what is you can live out by yourself. I, I'm a testament to that. You know, I... Um, Going through high school and even in college and being a young man, uh, there's many times I missed the mark. There's many times I, I had sin in my life, and I did not do it perfectly. There was many people that I, I talked to in a way that was not loving. There was actions that I did that were, that were very selfish, and not, not the way Christ would talk to or treat people. Can I, can I be honest with you? There's some of that that still comes out even today at 37 years old. There's days that I miss, I miss the mark. There's nothing I can do to make up for or make it better. But what I do is I go to Jesus and I'm honest. And I say, I, I know you know this but I have to have a conversation with you about it. And I need your help. I need your Holy Spirit to come in and change me and adjust me. There's so many things that would make it where I on my own should not be on the stage, should not be leading a church in New Smyrna Beach. But as I continue to put my faith in Jesus, as I continue to trust him, as I continue to, to give it all to him, he continues to use me in a big way. The people that Jesus uses are not the perfect people. They're the people that miss the mark and keep coming back to him. The Apostle Paul writes this letter to Timothy. In the New Testament, it's 1 Timothy 
chapter 1, verse 12. This is the beginning of the letter. And he says this. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength to do his work. He considered me trustworthy and pointed me to serve him even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ. In my insolence, I persecuted his people. But God had mercy on me because I did it in ignorance and unbelief. Oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and love that come from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience. And with even the worst sinners, the others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul does this fantastic job of being transparent and confessing even to a guy that he's trying to train up and lead. He's saying the truth of the matter is, is there's a testimony in my mistake. There's something that good that can be come out that be that, something that good that can come out of my missing the mark. But it's only through Christ Jesus. Today, this morning, I hope you know I, th- this message is not meant to make you feel somber or sad or bad for the things that you have done. I'm not out here trying to convict you. What I, what I am trying to do is, is give you an opportunity of understanding that all that stuff that you had, that you've got that's built up, you don't have to have it anymore. You don't have to deal with it anymore. You can step away from it. As you have faith in Jesus Christ and as you confess it to him. It blows my mind to think of as followers of Christ we know that Jesus will forgive us and sometimes we even ask for forgiveness but then we won't forgive ourselves I I think sometimes we're the ones that get in the way of God being able to use us in a big way because we're stuck in in our shame of our sin And so today I want to ask you to do something. If you've got sin in your life or there's sin in the past that you've not confessed and talked to him about, if there's something you've been trying to brush up underneath the rug in this first Sunday of the year, I want to challenge you to experience a fresh new life a life of freedom as you put your faith in him, trust in him, and confess your sins. Today I want us to walk out full of joy and peace, experiencing new life to come in this year, 2022. 
And so I remember back um, years ago watching a movie called The Patriot with Mel Gibson. I think it was before Mel Gibson went kind of crazy. I don't know. Mel Gibson, I'm not calling you crazy. Don't come to my house. But there's this, there's this scene in the movie where he gets his kids and he said, you remember what I told you about shooting? You remember what I taught you? He says, they both look at him and say, aim small, miss small. Aim small, miss small. I think as followers of Christ, our hope is not to just live in grace and continue to sin. I think we're able to experience freedom from it as we confess and as we continue to put our faith in him. But I think the more that we look at Jesus, the more we put the fine point on on living like he lived, as we follow him, the less and less we're able to miss the mark. And so today I want to invite you to do two things. One of them is if, if you've missed the mark, if you have a sin in your life, today experience freedom and freshness and confess it to him when we pray this prayer. But the second thing is, as we go into this year, I want to challenge you to pray that he would help you to aim small as you focus your life on him. No matter if you're a, you're a doctor or a nurse or a office tech or a construction worker, no matter if you were a tax collector or a fisherman, God can use you in a big way where you're at if you'll continue to follow him. If we do that, I believe the best is yet to come. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, this is between you and God. If there's something in your life that you've not brought to him, if there's something you need to be free of, if there's something that you need to confess, I want to give you the opportunity to pray a prayer similar to this, maybe during this next song that we sing. Your prayer might go like this. It might go, Heavenly Father, I know that I've sinned. I've done this. You know how I've missed the mark when it comes to this in my life. Please forgive my sin. Help me to turn away from sin and walk in the freedom that you offer. Heavenly Father, you see all, you know all. There's nothing that we're hiding. I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would give us the peace to release the stuff that we've been holding on to. God, I know that this year of 2022 is an opportunity at a new season, at a fresh life, experiencing freedom that only comes from you. And so I pray that, that whatever is in us that would hold us back and try to keep us to, to hold into and not let go and not confess or, 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 or to, to hold on to these things that we've been trying to, to make sure no one else knows about, I pray that today we would be able to release them all to you, that we would be able to live in the freedom that is you.
And I pray that you would use us in a mighty way as we continue to fill out the purpose that you've called us to. I thank you. And I believe that the best is still yet to come. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.